Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good Sunday morning, everybody, and welcome on in. It is Tobin's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. Over the next hour, we'll dive all over the world of mixed martial arts and boxing. Some big fights coming up next week. Um, you know, we got UFC 266, which is going to be coming up. We got uh, uh, Anthony Joshua returning to the ring. In a, an interesting fight, Alexander Usyk is going to be uh, in the ring with him. So we'll get into some of those fights. Xander Zayas, one of the top boxing prospects on the planet who fights uh, out of here in our backyard, trains in Davie, Florida. He will be joining the program as well. And uh, a little bit to get to from last night. So we'll uh, we'll start off with Bellator 266, which had the return of Miami's own Yoel Romero. Got a chance to have a conversation with Yoel this week. And um, it was, uh, you know, one of those uh, anticipated debuts. I was excited to see what Yoel was going to do with the new weight class. He was taking on Phil Davis. Uh, he was originally supposed to be taking on Anthony Rumble Johnson. That fight got to push back because of an eye injury that he had. And so... He ended up in the uh, Bellator cage with Mr. Wonderful, which uh, didn't end up so wonderful for him. You know, it was uh, a lot of what we've seen from Yoel in, in some of these fights where it is a coin toss on what guy you're going to see. Are you going to see the guy who is, you know, hesitant to throw, is going to just look for those quick bursts, those openings. And I do think that we saw him have some success uh, especially in that second round, I do feel like he was uh, starting it off. The thing that really stood out, obviously, is when you get to round three and Phil Davis was starting to take him down on the regular. Um, you know, Yoel made an effort to get up basically each and every time, which did lead to Phil Davis taking him down a total of, of five times over the fight. But really just never had that that signature punch, that signature moment. That really stood out for him, and uh, I thought Phil Davis swept the fight for sure. You know, it ended up being a split decision. One of the judges gave two rounds to Yoel Romero. I disagree with that. I could see an argument for him probably getting uh, round two, so I don't have a problem if he would have gone 29-28 Phil Davis's way. But the other judges gave Phil Davis a sweep in the in the fights, one of them giving him a 10-8 round. Um, and, you know, for Yoel, I think the interesting thing here is, you know, he's 44 years old. Um, you know, where does he go from here? There are some fun fights for him in Bellator. I think we still all want to see the Anthony Rumble Johnson fight. Um, that's definitely one that I think is just a, a fight fans fight. Um, the one interesting thing that was tonight, you know, that was interesting from tonight is you saw Yoel go around the ring afterwards and he was very confused that the, the fight was only three rounds. You could see him very upset about something. And at first I thought, oh, is he upset that Phil Davis basically you know, took him down a bunch of times and didn't engage in the striking game? 
but he kept like just looking around bewildered. And, you know, you think about it, you always probably been in, you know, how many main events now. So it may seem like a stupid thing. Like I saw like him taking a lot of crap at this on social media that how does Yoel not know that Bellator is only three rounds, you know, but if you've been in main events now, let me look back just uh, real quick. Um, all right. So yo Romero has basically been in five round fights in one, two, three, three of his last five fights. And I think actually it, it should be four of the five because one of them, he actually beat Luke Rockhold, uh, in the third round, but it was a five round fight because it was supposedly for the championship. He ended up missing weight in that fight. But the only fight that he hadn't fought out of his last five, which you know, which spans back three years, was uh, was Paulo Costa, which was a three round fight. And so I, you know, it's actually probably not that weird that he didn't know. I know people are going to scoff at that, be like, "Come on, Tobin, really? You don't know how many rounds the fight is?" But I can see it. It's it's like one. It's not the weirdest thing in the world. Like if you're in your first time in that organization, you've been fighting the UFC now for a long, long time. And you've basically been doing main event fights. You're probably thinking to yourself, "This is a five round fight." You don't probably don't even ask something like that. So I can see him being confused. I think the thing that's interesting for Yoel though is like if he would have had an extra two rounds, would anything have changed? You know, Phil Davis seemingly had gotten the upper hand on the wrestling, which is not something that Yoel's really had to deal with a whole lot of. You know, he's in there for the most part with strikers all the time. Um, he's not in there with a, a guy who has the wrestling cal, uh, wrestling pedigree. And I know that you all arguably has a better pedigree cause he's an Olympic silver medalist, but you know, Phil Davis's credentials are really, really strong in the wrestling game. And he seemed like he found the path to victory there. So I think the question would have been, okay, if you would have been given these two rounds, would he have been able to do anything with it? I don't know. You know, is he going to come out there? Is he going to, he would have, you would have thought I'd go for, if he would have been given the opportunity to stay on his feet, he would have had to gone for broke a little bit in one of these rounds. But that is the thing when you, when it is Joel, you really don't know. Like sometimes you have the guy who's going to be in a turtle shell. Sometimes you have the guy who's going to be super aggressive. Um, and I think for the most part, we've been seeing a guy who's been, very much uh much more cautious about picking his spots picking his shots he's now lost four fights in a row um one of them being you know a very very close title fight loss to robert whitaker um and the other one was uh was to paulo costa which i thought that he lost you know going back i think he probably made paulo costa miss a lot more than thought on fight night but I still thought he lost. I, th- I still thought he lost. And so it's really been a question. It's been a little bit of a, a lack of offense for Yoel. I think actually he's shown some really, really slick defensive stuff. Um, it's just a matter of the output going the other way. And I'm a huge Yoel Romero fan. I love the guy to death. He's one of my favorite people to interview. Um, you know, he's always he's always uh, repped the city really nicely. And it's just always been class to work with, uh, you know, and, and cover. So. You know, for me, I, I look. I don't want Yoel. I, don't, I didn't think today was a performance. Where I'm like, man, Yoel should hang him up. I don't think that. Uh, I just, I'm just looking around the 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 Bellator landscape and wondering, all right, what where where does he go from here? You know, because we just haven't seen a guy 
who's looked very dangerous in winning a fight in a little bit. And, you know, they have a very good light heavyweight division. You know, do I think that played a part in Phil Davis being able to take him down? I think it probably played some of a role. You know, you have a guy who naturally is just a lot bigger than you all. You, you know, you can only, even though you all is a tank, um, there's only so many things that you could do with, with some of the size discrepancies there are. Um, and I don't think that he looked as physically imposing next to Phil Davis, who uh, who himself looked uh, unbelievable in this fight. So, bums me out. I love Yoel Romero. Still one of my favorites. And, uh, you know, hopefully he'll get him the next time, you know. It's uh, it's it, it was a bummer. Uh, as far as the UFC was concerned for tonight, you had UFC fight night, and the main event was Anthony Lionheart Smith. He got himself a win over Ryan Superman Span, which uh, was a really great performance, pretty dominant performance from Anthony Smith. To be honest with you, he famous. It was a really dominant performance over Ryan Span. Um, it was really just cracking him with some nasty stuff. Ends up choking him out, and uh, calls out Alexander Rockich for a rematch. Lost a decision to him not too long ago. And so I would say that those two are, are on a collision course to fight, uh, to fight each other again uh, is what it appears to be. Uh, Ian Kutalaba getting himself a uh, a win over Devin Clark. Good performance for, uh, from Ian. I thought that he looked really, really good. Ariane Lips, he got a win over Mandy Baum. Um, you know, more of the same from her. Nate Manis uh, getting a win over Tony Gravely. That fight was crazy because Nate was uh, on his on his way out at the end of that first round and somehow survived, got back, and then knocked out Tony Gravely in the uh, in the second round. That fight was crazy. And then Joaquin Buckley getting a win over Antonio Arroyo uh, with a giant hematoma on his head. Not quite a Seam Rockman, but I would say like if Seam Rockman's hematoma had a Russian nesting doll, that was this hematoma. It was pretty close from. From uh, Joaquin Buckley, who you know is becoming a highlight reel in his own right, but uh, got himself a nice, nice win to uh, to start off the main card for the UFC. But um, yeah, I would say that for Anthony Smith, you know, getting himself in position with that win over Ryan Spin. You know, some people got mad at Anthony because he was uh, he was he was talking to. Us. I admittedly, look, I didn't, I wasn't really keen on to the lead up to this, but clearly there was uh, some bad blood. That led to uh, to him being so emotional about, it. and it did cool off. Like eventually, they did get to the point where uh, Ryan Span and him were dapping each other up, and they seemed okay a- a- afterwards. Um, you had to go back, and I had to listen to Anthony Smith's post game or post fight interview with Michael Bisbang after because it was so much of it was bleeped out by ESPN. But he was basically saying the message of he's tired of everybody doubting him, he's tired of everybody saying that he sucks, uh, that he only beats old guys. And I don't think of that being the case with him. I think that now he has beaten some old guys. He's lost to some old guys. He's lost to Glover share. You know, he's lost to John Jones. He's lost to guys who have been around there doing the damn thing. Um, he did, you know, kind of get to his title run by beating old guys. Like he beat a Rashad Evans. He beat a, a Marisha Soganua. But I think Anthony Smith is a very dangerous dude. He's now back on a three-fight win streak. Um he's one of the more active fighters. Like he does fight a lot. So you, you do like that about Anthony Smith. Um, but I thought, you know, today was uh, one of the things with Anthony is he's just, he's so brutal when he fights, dude. Like he, he, he can walk through the fire and he could just dish out some just serious damage, like just more so on the level of other people. Like very rare are the fights that are boring with him. He's usually e- either taking insane punishment 
or he's dished, he's taken some serious punishment or he's dished out some serious punishment and then has gotten petered out. Um, all of his fights are very, very exciting. All of his fights are very exciting. I would say, honestly, the only knock against Anthony is really that he just, he you know, he got dealt with against John Jones. And so you really haven't seen him back at that championship level yet. But, you know, it's it's a division I still think is an opportunity for him to get there. You know, Glover Teixeira is fighting for the belt again. Alexander Rockage, everybody's high on. So if he can go avenge that loss, I do think that he can uh, find his way back there. But yeah, he's super quality, man. I don't think that it's a it's a question of uh, I don't think people should be questioning uh, him or him taking it as oh people think that he suck. Um, you know, he's he's doing the right things. He's steamrolling. If they put up people in front of him and he's steamrolling him in the first round, second round, and and putting on that kind of an entertainment. I don't think he's going to be denied, and I think he he will definitely get back to that title picture, especially since John's out of the picture. I think that uh, this upcoming title fight with Jan and, and Glover is showing you, like, you know, this is almost the land of second opportunity when it comes to the light heavyweight division. We'll take a quick break here on the show. We will get into the title fights that are coming up next week in the UFC and boxing. Back with more after this. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's Tobin's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. We got Boxing Prospect of the Year candidate for you know, prospect. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Xander Zayas is going to be uh, on the program in about 15 minutes or so, but I want to get into a little bit of what's coming up next week. Got ourselves a big championship week of boxing and a big championship week of UFC that's coming up next week. Uh, I'm going to give the nod first to boxing uh, because we did a lot of MMA on the other side uh, on the on the first segment. So. Anthony Joshua is going to be defending his belts, his heavyweight title belts against Alexander Usyk. That's coming up next week. Very excited about this fight. I'm excited to see Anthony Joshua back in the ring, see him back in action, see what he uh, is going to bring to the table. You know, this is an interesting dynamic because this one kind of, I think, almost snuck up on everybody because we were at this weird place where you all the attention has really been leaning towards Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder and their upcoming fight. And because they have the history, they have the drama behind them. Usyk and Joshua, I just, this is kind of drama free. I don't feel like there's been a lot of bad blood. There really rarely is when it comes to an Anthony Joshua fight. And Alexander Usyk's kind of a goof on the microphone. So I don't think that it was going to lead to that anyway. But if you really think about it, a lot of ways, this is almost a, a much more intriguing fight than the Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder one. Because I think most people don't feel like Deontay has uh, a, a snowball's chance in hell of beating Tyson Fury. You know, Tyson Fury, he's really only had a couple of rounds against Tyson Fury where he's had a lot of success. And I don't know how much people are buying into the Tyson Fury is not training as much. Deontay's training like crazy. They're going to attack the body, all that type of stuff. So, you know, that fight's coming up in a couple of weeks and we'll see. But this is an interesting one to me because I do think that Anthony Joshua is getting there with a very skilled, dangerous boxer. And those guys have given him some trouble. Those guys can give him a little bit of trouble. They can they can make some some dangerous things happen. And I think we saw against guys who are a little bit quick, a little bit swifter, um, like Andy Ruiz can get to Anthony Joshua, can bother Anthony Joshua. Now, I don't think that, you know, Usyk and Andy Ruiz don't necessarily have similar styles. Like Andy Ruiz is ultimate, like swift hands, swift footwork, all that type of stuff. 
Usyk just has, you know, some of that crisp Ukrainian, just doesn't seem to have a, a, a real flaw to his style at all, um, but is still making that jump up to heavyweight. And we really don't know what that's going to mean for him. You know, what what is it going to be when he's really, when he really gets cracked by somebody? We saw against, uh, you know, Derek DeJoy, it wasn't the most impressive showing in the world. Um, I think that that it, you know he's had a couple of fights at heavyweight. Chaz Wither, Witherspoon, which was a late replacement, a guy that he beat on a week because he was originally supposed to fight Tyrone Spong, and then Spong uh, had a positive test and ended up getting scratched. So they put Chaz Witherspoon in there for his American debut, and uh, you know it was a bummer for my guy Tyrone because I really wanted to see what he could do against Usyk. He was really supposed to be that first guy who was going to test Usyk and see what he what. Uh, what kind of a chin that he has at heavyweight. And I don't know if we really have an answer to that yet. I would say for Anthony Joshua, I do think that for him, he can really make a statement here because I do think for AJ, though he has more belts, I do think that the mainstream opinion, and I don't know what it is in in England, so I don't want to speak for the whole world, but I, I do think that at least the American sense is that Tyson Fury is the man. You know, he was the little, the, Lineal champion, they tried that whole narrative, never really lost his championships, and I think that the way that he went about beating Deontay Wilder, see, here's the thing that that, that I find fascinating about both of them, right? And they weren't necessarily in the same situations, but, but they almost were, and that is this. When Anthony Joshua lost to Andy Ruiz and got demolished by him and humiliated by him in Madison Square Garden, he came back and he looked really good against Andy Ruiz. He looked leaner. He looked quick. He's uh, fought, he boxed with that jab. He, he he used, you know, his his range. He made it really tough for Andy Ruiz, but he never really went in for the kill. And I really thought that the opportunities were there for him to do it, especially in out of shape Andy Ruiz, a guy that looked uh, nowhere near the guy that ended up winning the title originally from him. And I thought that. In a situation like that, it would have been nice for Anthony Joshua to show, hey, I'm all the way back from that loss. And I don't think that he necessarily did that. And that, I think, is just the back of my mind. I don't really, look, I count the Kubret Pulev win. Like, he won the fight. Good for him. But nobody thought that he wasn't going to win that fight. And nobody thought that a guy in, in Kubrat Pulev really had a shot in hell of beating him. All respect. But, you know... This is a guy who I think that everybody thought was was going to get handled pretty easily by Anthony Joshua. So he ends up finishing him in the ninth round. With Tyson Fury, when he had his fight with Deontay Wilder, which a lot of people thought that he won the first fight, I didn't have a, you know, I thought that I, I get the argument of him winning on scorecards, but I think the draw was almost almost a poetic ending to their first fight because of how crazy that that 12th round was where Deontay puts him down nearly for dead and he rises like the Undertaker. Um, a lot of people say, oh, he came back and won that round. I think that's bull crap. I, I think that if you get, you don't, you don't get more credit for coming back after you get nearly knocked into another dimension uh, and come back and win the round. That's not a thing for me. I'm sorry. Um, but the point is, the way that that fight ended Obviously didn't sit well with Tyson Fury, and he did feel like he had some success with how the 12th round was turning. And for him, 
he took that game plan and he executed it to perfection in the rematch. Became more of a bulldozer, became more of a bruiser, be, used his strength and maybe some dirty tactics too. But he ended up really putting a beating on Deontay Wilder, put no doubt that this guy's the top heavyweight on the planet. And so I think in a lot of people's minds, that is that is a fight that cements Tyson Fury as the number one heavyweight on the planet, not Anthony Joshua. However, he's taken on a guy here in Alexander Usyk who everybody finds to be a very, very credible opponent. You know, he's... I don't know if he'll get a ton of credit for going and beating this guy in a in a lopsided decision because he is a lot naturally bigger than him. I do think that he has to make somewhat of a statement in this fight. Not because he isn't going to get the Tyson Fury fight. I think we all know that Tyson Fury and him will eventually be on a collision course to fight each other. Um, but I think it's important for him to, to reestablish to some people like, hey, I'm the man. Because, for example, like this fight almost snuck up on me, right? Like, I know when Anthony... I, I, I'm... This is, in my mind, a more intriguing fight on paper than Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder. But I still have in my mind, hey, Tyson Fury is coming back in October. Early October, I know Anthony, uh, that, that Tyson Fury is going to be back in the ring. Anthony Joshua's kind of like, oh, yeah, that's, that's next week, right? And so, I'm, look, now that, I, you know, now that I know, like I realized this week, I'm like, oh, it's, you know, I started seeing the Instagram post. I'm like, oh, it's coming up in a week. That's cool. But I've had the Tyson Fury, Deontay thing in my mind. And it's not as interesting a fight as this is. So I think that, and I think a lot of that lies with Anthony Joshua. I really do. I think that he is in a position right now where it would be nice for him to go out there and get him. Now, can he? You mean, like, is he going to to put himself out there like that? Because Usyk can box, man. Usyk is a bad mother bleeper when it comes to his boxing skill set, what he brings to the table. He was the, he was the, undisputed undisputed cruiserweight champion of the world he had all the belts he had the trophy he had the whole deal and this move up was kind of natural everybody everybody thought that was coming probably not at the he's probably taking on Anthony Joshua with not as much in-ring heavyweight experience as, as he'd like I'm sure the pandemic had something to do with that we've talked to plenty of fighters about how that's kind of messed him up but now that it's here he's really got this chance to to upset the apple cart here in that Hey, you win all these belts, it's kind of back on you. Now, maybe it'll go back to, hey, he's got to fight Anthony Joshua again and, and rematch him and things like that. But he's got his chance. And I don't think that if he if he, if he he is to win, I don't feel like in a rematch, he's going to let himself go like an Andy Ruiz did. Um, I do ultimately think Anthony Joshua is going to get the job done. I think that he knows all the things that I'm saying. I think that because I'm not the only one saying them, I think that I'm sure the pundits all feel like the same thing, that they want to see the AJ who's going to go out there, make a statement, be the people's champion, the golden boy, the thing that the, the guy that everybody is looking to uphold the great, the great showing of boxing, be the picturesque boxer, all that type of stuff. And he just, he physically has a lot of tools that if he uses them right, should be giving Alexander Usyk a lot of trouble. They should. He's got a bigger reach by four inches. He's a lot taller than him. You know, he's got three inches on him in height. He's got him on an age. All this type of stuff. He's got all the. He's got all the tangibles as far as body type. But Usyk 
probably could argue is a is a is just a better skilled boxer, just a better skilled boxer, better all around. Definitely don't think the 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 uh, the power will naturally be as there as it is for uh, most heavyweights. But here's the thing with AJ: we got questions about his chin. We got questions about hey, can he take a punch even if it's not from the biggest puncher in the world? If he gets rocked a little bit, will that mess him up? So. I think that he's really got to go on the offensive here. I really, really do. I think that he has to make a statement to Alexander Usyk early. Don't let him get comfortable. Don't let him start racking up rounds because I do think that this could be a fight where AJ could be in trouble, find himself down you know, five rounds to one early if he's just playing around a little bit too much. I think that this is one of those fights that for his best interest, he should try and get Usyk out there in like four or five rounds. Now, Usyk may show that he's got the heart of a champion, that this is the vision he's made for. And that ain't going to happen, playboy. But I don't know. I think that almost the deeper the fight goes, the more comfortable Usyk gets, the worse off it is for AJ. But I do think AJ is going to get it done. I ultimately do. I got more I, I got more of a, you know, for all of his flaws, and he does and he does have them. And I think a, a lot of these guys do. I think that all these heavyweight, top heavyweights have flaws. I think that the bigger you are, the more you open yourself up to be there for flaws one for a couple things guys are bigger um usually bigger guys just aren't as crisp bigger guys got to deal with bigger guys hitting them so i I think that's kind of what why everybody loves the division so much why it makes it so fun but you know you look at the names on his resume vladimir klitschko joe parker pavetkin andy ruiz um dillian white you know he's got some real quality guys on there and all i think he needs is to really he had a signature win over a boxer everybody respects. And I do think that, okay, one, I think it'll make the Tyson Fury fight that much bigger. Um, I'm bummed that the fight between them isn't happening right away. But I do think that, hey, it's been a pandemic. Boxing and needing a big fight's been a little bit on the outs. This can put a real jolt into it, I think. I, I really, really do. So I'm going to pick AJ to win. I, I'm going to say like fifth or sixth round TKO. I think he's going to stop him. If he doesn't, um, we could be here next week talking about you know Usyk finding his way to a decision win, or maybe even even uh, a surprising a, a surprising savage. But I don't think that's the way it's going to go. I think I think AJ knows what he's got to do in this bout uh, with everybody there uh, judging him, watching him, all that type of stuff. As far as uh, the UFC, again, it's a pack pack week of uh, it's a pack Saturday of boxing and. You know, Lord knows I'm going to be enjoying the fighting a lot more than Kane's football. Um, next week, this is a stacked card coming up. You got Alexander Volkanovsky defending his title against Brian Ortega. This, you want to talk about proving, I think both these guys have a lot to prove. I think Alexander Volkanovsky, a lot of people look and say, hey, you didn't win that last Max Holloway fight. You know, the, the first one when you won the fight, some people thought it was close. The second fight, we definitely thought that Max won. You got away with one there. So Max isn't fighting again. He's fighting Brian Ortega, who's lost to Max Holloway. He's coming off a window against the Korean Zombie, which was about a year ago, a year's time ago, uh, almost a year's time ago. And this is his opportunity to show, hey, your championship material. Because when he got to the top, knocked out Frankie Edgar to get to the Max Holloway championship fight, Max Holloway dealt with him quite easily. Really, really put it on him to get that win. Um Whereas Volkanovski, I think, is everybody's just kind of looking at him and saying, mm, Max should maybe have the belt. Max should maybe have the belt. And so both of them, I think, have a lot of proven to do based on 
their fights with Max Holloway because a lot of people regard Max Holloway as maybe the best featherweight on the planet uh, or the best featherweight of all time as well. And, you know, his last time out there, everybody loved Max Holloway's performance against Calvin Cater. I mean, they were in love. We couldn't stop talking about it. I remember I was, uh, where was I watching that fight? I think it was in Fight Island. I feel like I was at SeaWorld watching that fight, seeing what Max Holloway did to Calvin Cater. So this is this is an opportunity for either one of them to really come out there and show the, the man. I think that if I have to lean it, and listen, I feel bad because I had Alexander Volkanovsky on a few months ago. I told him I watched that Ultimate Fighter. I never watched that Ultimate Fighter. I didn't watch a lick of it. Uh, it seemed like there was a little bit of drama between both of them, but I didn't watch a lick of it. Um, I'm going to go with Brian Ortega. I think Brian Ortega is going to pull this out. I'm going to go Brian Ortega, sneaky submission to get the win on this one. Then you have Valentina Shevchenko against Lauren Murphy. Bless Lauren Murphy's heart. Valentina Shevchenko is just on another level right now. Um, she's just she's just an absolute assassin and is just a wrecking machine for anybody who stands in front of her. So good luck, Lauren Murphy. Hey, as as Tua said to Mac Jones, good luck, Lauren. Then, of course, you have the, the return of Nick Diaz, Robbie Lawler, rematch 16 years in the making. Fun fight. Great fight for Nick Diaz to come back for. Robbie Lawler, we haven't seen uh, in the cage in a, in a very long time either. So we're getting uh, we're getting a, a kind of a fresh Robbie Lawler who's been on a bit of a downturn where he hasn't uh, he has he's, he's lost four straight. He's lost five out of six. Uh, the last time that he won a fight was against Donald Cerrone. That was a close fight, too. That wasn't uh, that wasn't necessarily a runaway. So he has uh, he has got himself a, a fun fight here. I think one that'll get him motivated and get him amped up the right way. And then what are we gonna get from Nick Diaz? Are we gonna get Nick Diaz shenanigans this week during the press week? I think that's gonna make it an intriguing thing. And I do think that you know Nick is probably the big selling point of this week. I think I, I don't know if he's gonna be doing the ESPN car wash that was never really his bag, but it's hard for me to pick this fight. I lean Robbie Lawler just because I feel like he's been more active. Um, I love Robbie Lawler and you know, that fight was a long time ago. So I don't know what you take from a 16 year old fight. So I, I'm going to lean Robbie on that one to get the nod, but I'm excited to see Nick Diaz back. Curtis blaze versus Jarzinho Rosenstrike. Another amazing fight. I'm going to go with my guy Rosenstrike. Uh, friend of the show, uh, I love I love me some Biggie Boy. Shout out to Suriname. Shout out to my guy Tyrone Spong as well. And then you got Jessica Andras, Cynthia Caveo is going to be a great fight. The one thing that may be a bit of a hang up, I saw some headlines this week about Dan Hooker maybe having visa issues. I hope that's not the case for him. I love watching Dan Hooker fight. Um, so we'll we'll keep an eye on that one as well. But it, that one's a I mean that's a hell of a fight fight Saturday you got coming up next Saturday between Anthony Joshua fighting and it'll be. You know, probably like five, six o'clock. So you got that as a, a little warm up to get you ready for UFC next weekend. So really, really fun night of fights. Can't wait to recap for you. When we come back, we're going to talk to Xander Zayas. He could be winning boxing prospect of the year as he embarks. He's now four and zero in the year of twenty twenty one, and he's looking to add even more to that. We'll get to Xander Zayas coming up after this. Welcome back, everybody. It's Tobin's Fight Show here on seven ninety The Ticket. You know, we got uh, coming up today, it's uh, Dolphins uh, home opener against the Buffalo Bills. I saw those Bills fans uh, down there, you know, taking over our beaches. Get the hell out of here with your flaming tables. Well, you know, if you love Buffalo so much, stay your ass up there and eat your eat your stupid Buffalo wings. Wildly overrated. Anybody can make them. 
and, and forget about that. But don't worry, it's gonna be it's gonna be high time for some punishment today when Josh Allen throws a couple picks to Xavier Howard. Because as we say, X gonna take it from you. That's what he's gonna do. But another X uh, could be making his uh, his his impact on the South Florida sports landscape, and that is one Xander Zayas, who you know we've had on this show basically since before his pro debut. He is uh, a delightful young man, uh, a- an absolute monster in the ring. He just improved to ten and zero last weekend in Arizona on the Oscar Valdez card, and we got a chance to speak with him this week at the Sweatbox Gym, Javier Centeno's gym in Davie. And we spoke to the young 19-year-old who is now 10-0 as he embarks on getting Boxing Prospect of the Year. Here's our conversation with Xander Zayas. Very excited to talk to our next guest. We're here from Sweatbox Gym in Davie. Xander Zayas joining us here fresh off going to 10-0. Crazy, man. I can't believe I've talked to you before your pro debut. And now you're uh, 10-0, 4-0 for the year in the midst of a pandemic. It's wild, man. How did it feel to, uh, to to get to double digits? Well, Brendan, first of all, thank you again for, for giving me the opportunity. Um, man, like you said, I cannot believe it. 10-0, double digits. Feels amazing. Um, had a tough fight um, with a tough opponent. Um, got the victory. That is the most important part. And, and now we're on, we on, on to the next. I know it's not your first decision, but um, how did it feel to get tested? Like you took some shots. You steamrolled through. You knocked him down. Um, we saw we saw the emotion from you, given the <laughs> the, uh, the Tyler Hero snarl at one point, which was badass, by the way. But like, what was it like? I guess going through a back and forth of that, you know, getting to see yourself tested a little bit. Um, it felt amazing. Um, he showed me that that I can hang in there. Um, he showed me that that I know how to adjust to 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 whatever they put in front of me. Um, again, I had a tough guy. Um, we were fighting in, in Arizona where, where the heat was, was a key factor, um, fighting outside. Um, so it was, it was something, it was, it was an amazing experience. I learned a lot, and um, we, we're going to work f- and correct every mistake we did. Yeah, I was, I was talking to your trainer a little bit about that, about the heat. Uh, and they were saying that on the broadcast, but what was that like? Because I know you we, listen. You train in a very hot yeah. environment, but it's got. It was, was it different? Like fighting in it? Like what? It, was, was there a moment where you're like, "Holy crap! I can't it believe was, how this feels." It was different because it was dry. Here it's kind of like humid, so yeah, it's hot. But there was like dry heat, and plus the sun was on my corner while, while I was fighting. So every time I was getting a rest in between rounds. It was just the sun on my face. Um, but, you know, we try to control it. We try to, you know, stay calm, stay composed, and, and, and do my job. You know, I think I did it very well. Um, I listened to the corner. Again, a couple mistakes that I got to correct. But um, back to the drawing boards. I mean, this is my 10th fight. I'm only 19 years old. We keep learning. We keep getting experience, and we keep getting better. Yeah, like how is that? Um, how is that going through a fight where, like, you maybe not necessarily put a guy away, you put him down very hard, but he's a tough guy, very, very durable. Your kid's been fighting forever. Um, is there mentally for you, like, is there something that you have to, like, pace yourself because you maybe want to get him out there, but you don't want to burn yourself out? Like, how is that development going for you? you well, this last fight, um, I kind of experienced that a little bit in the third round. I heard the guy um, and I kind of went for the kill. Um, but then I realized the guy's durable. He's been doing this for a long time. He's been in the pro game for a long time. He knows how to survive. So, you know, after that, I, I realized, hey, it's not about 
throwing a lot of punches. It's about play, placing the right shots. So the fourth round, I, I kind of, you know, boxed them out. And then in the fifth and sixth round, I kind of closed out the, the show strong. In the sixth round, I hurt him again. And that's when I realized, hey, you can hurt a guy not by throwing a lot of punches, but by placing the shots in the correct in the correct position, the correct spots. Um, so again, it was just an amazing experience. A tough guy. Um, it was it was kind of like man, this guy's not giving up. Zombie. This guy's coming to fight. Yeah. Um, so he kept me going. He, he kept me, you know, focused on on the goal and 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 just winning, trying to win the fight. Did you uh, did you guys share any words after the fight? Like, did you? Oh guys, yes, most uh, definitely. Most did, definitely. Uh, what was the messages you guys had for each other? Did he say anything about what he thought of you as a fighter? Well, he told me that um that I will be a, a world champion um, in the future to keep working to to keep improving to keep getting better. You know, I told him that from the beginning when when I when I accepted the fight when I knew I was going to fight him, I knew that he was going to be a tough opponent. And his brother fought Oscar Valdez, um, former former um. I mean, his brother is a former yeah, champ. world champ contender. Um, he fought Adrian Granados in his last fight before mine, which was a, a former um, world champion contender. So they, these guys, these are guys that are that are coming to fight. They're here to put on a show, and and I was just I was just thankful for him to you know for giving me the opportunity and 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 sharing that experience with me. I'm sure it must have been nice not having to go to 147. How was how did, how did it how did it feel like getting yes. at a new weight class? Um, well, this fight around we made 152. He wanted to fight at 152, so we agreed to that, um, which it wasn't hard in hard at all. I mean, I had seven eight pounds extra on me to play around with. Yeah. Um. So it was it was pretty easy weight cut. I mean, easier than most time I made weight. The day of the win, like five hours before, I always make weight the day of the win, like yeah. go into the schedule weight. But this time around was pretty easy. I did it. I did it simple and 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 just in and out. Um, but yeah, one one fifty four from now on is it's gonna be even easier. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're always disciplined. Like it was, but like you're. I don't know how you do it, dude. I don't know how. Like you're you're freaking huge for for one forty seven. Like I was next to. Uh, Ugas the other day you're way bigger than him and he's not a small welterweight um so I don't know how you do it like do you is there is there a weight that you ultimately see yourself at like do you just want to focus at 154 and that's gonna be the plan for a while like what what do you think uh does does the end game matter to you right now or is it just finding the super comfort zone and, and doing your best at 154 for right now well right now you know I'll at the beginning of my career, I knew that I wasn't going to win a world title at 147, but that was the weight class that I was comfortable at. That was the weight class that was easy for me to make. Um, I felt strong. I felt big. Um, now when we made the change, we made the change because we are sure that we will run. We will have a title run here at 54. We, go, we will win a world title at 154, and we will eventually move up you know in my career as my career goes on to 60 68 maybe 75 end up the end up my career at 175 but for now 154 is the goal 154 is what i'm focused on and i i want to you know win everything here you're uh so 10 and now um how close does the title feel like there's talks this uh you know you might be spn prospect of the year um does it feel like you get to a number like 10, does it feel like, man, okay, like I can start seeing <laughs> I'm getting closer. Fight. Yeah, like, does that, does, like I'm serious, does um, that feel yes, like it's most, starting to close yes, in? Yes, most or? definitely, most definitely. Um, 
But right now, again, the goal is to win Prospect of the Year, fight at least two more times this year. Um, and and I say by 2023, beginning, mid, or end of 2023, I should be fighting for a world title. You're going you're gonna to fight two more times this year? Yes, sir. Two more times what? this year. All right. So, what's the plan? So, you're gonna you just fought last in September. So, what do you want to what do you want to knock off? Like, when, when, like if you everything goes according to plan, obviously um, we we are going to knock off October twenty third. Okay. Wow. All right. Yes, sir. Atlanta. Atlanta. Yes, sir. The wow. Shakur Stevenson, um, Jamel Herring show. That's a big show, bro. Yes, sir. That's a big show. <laughs> so then after, hopefully December, um, December eleven, New York Heisman Trophy, um, we could. We could go after get, the ceremony. We could go after that one, but for now the focus on, is on October twenty third. Most definitely, I want to focus on that. Put all all my all my attention into that, and um, after after the victory, October twenty third, I focus on everything else. Has it? Uh, did you think like you'd be able to get all these fights in this year? No, not at all. Like it's, um, that's, that's, I was I was thinking after this, then December most definitely. Um, but you know, Top Rank came back to me and say, "Hey, let's." Let's close out the year strong. Let's let's put a, a, a great performance this two times around, and then we'll we'll get that prospect of the year. No no questions about it. Um, so yeah, I told him, hey, if you're with the plan, I'm with the plan. Just get me in there, and I'll I'll do what I do. Dude, you're you're literally like um you're one of the nicest people I've met in sports. Um, and a very very humble humble young man. Is it weird at all, like having the attention start to focus to you because like. <laughs> I was. It, I'm telling you, as a guy who's known you for a long time, it was really cool. Like you were taught, they were talking about you on the broadcast, the backstage shots. They're talking about Xander. What's his career? You know, uh, you know what? What can he be? Everybody thinks you're going to be a champion. Andre Ward and Tim Bradley are critiquing everything that you do. They're breaking everything down. They're looking for every flaw. They're talking about every positive. Like, is that weird at all? Like that you're getting it. You're, like, <laughs> The microscope is starting to be there, like that. Um, that kind of shine is that. Is that strange at all, or is it awesome? Do you love it? Somewhat, somewhat strange. You know, um, at nineteen, I didn't didn't expect to be where I am today. Um, yeah, I knew that it was going to happen, but I didn't expect it this soon. Um, but at the same time, I love it. At the same time, I'm I'm catching on to the vibe. Um, you know, it's just part of the job. I just as long as I stay focused, everything will keep building up um but yeah I, i'm loving it i'm loving it. i'm not gonna i'm not going to lie to you nice well you deserve it man you work you work <laughs> thank your, you thank you very you work much. your butt off and it's really yes, it's it's good to see that happen to good people yeah you know hard work hard work dedication it always pays off um again i just have to continue to stay focused have the have my team behind me and and just do do my best every time i step into the ring absolutely uh before uh, i get you out of here and we wrap things up um, it's unfortunate that you have, you know, the Lakers, they're going and taking a Hail Mary at Russell Westbrook. Not as good a move. I know they wanted Kyle Lowry, but the Heat got Kyle Lowry. Okay. So that's unfortunate for you guys once the finals rematch comes around this year. <laughs> um, are you, you know, are you disappointed that the Heat beat you out for getting Kyle Lowry? Like, that's, no, that's tough. I'm not, I'm not disappointed. I mean, who we got? Westbrook, yeah, one of the best know. point guards in the league. Dwayne Howard, that is a good... Yeah, he came back. He came back. He came back. Um, who we got? Um, Jordan too. You guys got Kendrick Nunn from the Heat. Kendrick I actually, Nunn. I actually really like Kendrick Nunn. I'm yeah, gonna, no, I'm Kendrick miss, Nunn is nice. I'm gonna miss Kendrick Nunn. We have a re, um, Trevor Ariza, and you have Heat killer Malik Monk. We have a we have a nice it's veteran. That it's not enough though because Bam's gonna be taking that next step. You got Jimmy. Yeah, he's not gonna be I mean, up. 
Hero Hero is coming up to Hero's looking swole, dude. Yeah. He's looking yeah. swole. But man, I think the experience is going is going to be our advantage this time around again. No. No. It's okay. Listen, you got you got you got the the lucky break of Goran getting hurt, but it's 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 over now. Like yeah, it's I mean, all the reinforcements are there I mean, now for the Heat. It's the same thing with the Lakers. You got all this all hits with maybe getting injured, but as long as they stay healthy, it's gonna be hard. It's gonna f- be uphill for a lot of teams. Is uh, is basketball your favorite sport outside of boxing? Yes, by yes. far. By far. Yeah. I mean, I'm a good. I, mean, I wouldn't say I'm. Not a, you're nice. I'm a, yeah, I'm not good at basketball player, but I'm nice. I'm nice. I could, I could shoot. I could cross. I could, you know, I could dribble. Some, some, a little, little. Well, listen, you guys can catch Xander's ass. He just told you October twenty third, yes, ESPN. Jamel Herring versus Shakur Stevenson. He's going to be on that card. Uh, it's great to see the shine for you, man. Congratulations you. on ten and zero, and we look forward to continuing to watch the journey. Thank you very much again, Brendan. It means a lot to all you guys. Thank you for all the love. Thank you for all the support. Xander's ass, October twenty third, ESPN. Don't miss it. Thanks again to Xander for joining us on the show. Always enjoy speaking with him. He cannot wait for his next fight coming up there. You heard it on October 23rd in Atlanta on the Shakur Stevenson, Jamel Herring card. That's our show for this week, everybody. Enjoy the football. Thank you for tuning in. We have a great fight weekend coming up next weekend to recap, as you guys heard. If you missed any of the show, please download the Tobin Fight Show podcast, and we'll talk to you guys next time. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.